welcome. I love how we've saved all our reverence for the chapel and brought it in here. That's appropriate, since it's a discussion group. Welcome, brothers and sisters. Happy Easter to everybody. Happy Easter. Um, please go home and eat ham, just as Jesus would do. <laughs> he broke the bonds of kosher eating. Um, no, it's 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 been a great it's been a great day uh, already, right? Was that not a great sacrament meeting? Um, yeah, the spirit was really strong. Thanks to the Evans, uh, Bev and Doug, and and uh, Cindy. That was that was rock star, right? That was it's amazing stuff. So so grateful to you guys. Um, we have a big topic. Uh, it's been a while since we've met because we've had conferences and, and things in the way. Um, I mean, awesome, but uh, they're in the way. They're in the way. That's a little bit of a slip, but. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be back with you on, on maybe the biggest day of the year, right? And the Christian calendar is, is Easter Sunday. So everybody kind of loosen up a little because you guys have to talk. This isn't, this isn't Lori teaching anymore. There's a new structure. So if you don't talk, I will because I have prepared things. But, uh, but, but we, this week's reading, we actually cover a couple of weeks, right? So we're covering the crucifixion as well as the resurrection. And so it's kind of a whole Easter story. So any, any thoughts, any, this is time for sharing. Any thoughts that you want to start with or make sure we get to um, on that topic? Anybody in there? <coughs> Had anything jump out to you this time? Oh, Lori, hit us. I didn't know Hosanna means save now. Hosanna, yeah, save now, save now. Great, isn't it? So that kind of helps my perspective. Temple dedications and yeah, the Hosanna shout, right? Save now, save us now. That's a that's a good insight. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's perfect for Easter, right? This is it. Any other great great thoughts? Any other things that really jumped out of you? Okay, well then it's gonna be a really brief class. <laughs> I had my I had to take a class this last semester on the General and Pauline Epistles, and if you know me, sorry Paul, I hate Paul, and so. <laughs> I, I just read them over and over and over again, and I was like, I have no idea what we're talking about. Um, but when we got back to Peter and John and Hebrews, I was like, oh, yes, right, this makes sense. So for my final paper, I wrote on Hebrews. And, right, who's going to write the New Testament topic on the Old Testament? Me. <laughs> so, yeah, so, but I will say I was preparing it, and, um, and it, you know, it's a lot about the atonement and the effectiveness of the atonement, and also what our role is. Like, what are, what are we supposed to do? And um, as you guys know, I'm going to, uh, my friends at work call it Jesus School, but I'm going to uh, read and doing my degree, and it's in theology, and it's at an evangelical university. And so I thought, man, I don't know. I don't know how this is gonna go. Like, I'm gonna get an F on this paper, because they're gonna say, well, technically it was really awesomely well-written, and. You know, your verb tenses were great, and your spacing on your paper was perfect, but your theology is terrible, um, <laughs> you know. And um, and luckily, Elder Renlin to the rescue um, helped me out on my talk. We'll come back to it in a minute, but um, I was pretty stressed <coughs> out about. I wanted to express what I felt was truly the uh, benefit of of Christ's atonement, but I was afraid that they would um, reject it. So. So a little bit, a little bit interesting topic. A little bit like what we'll read today. So let's 
I'm not going to just tell you how it worked out. You're going to have to wait till the end of class to find out how Lori's book of Hebrews class went. Um, but before we do that, let's jump in because it actually applies. So we have quite a bit of reading. I wanted to do Luke today. You know, I love Matthew, but I wanted to do Luke today um, because I think there's a story in here that's super helpful that we uh, don't get to read very often. So I was really, really glad it was in the reading. So let's jump to Luke 20. um, Let's do 24. Luke 24. So I'm going to need some of your help. So turn on your Bibles or open the pages, (laughs) however you do it. Isn't that great? I know. Turn on your Bible. I actually, when I have to find, it's, it, you know, it's how much we've changed. When I have to actually find my printed scriptures, it always takes me a while to find them now. I'm like, where did I put them? Um, since everything's so electronic. Um, so it's such a, such a blessing to have with you at any moment, in any translation, at any time. Uh, by the way, I had to look for three different pairs of glasses because my dog has eaten all of them, and so most of them have one lens missing. So if this pops out, we'll know it was the dog. All right, let's do um, chapter 24. So I want to do two stories. We won't have a ton of time, but um, I want to do two stories. I want to do the actual resurrection story, and then I want to talk about the road to Emmaus a little bit. So we'll just do the resurrection and then the road. Um, are the two that I want to see if we can cover today. Uh, So can somebody, can somebody go back in the very end of 23? You know the chapter breaks are artificial, right? They're not not in the original. And so sometimes it's nice to just go back a second or two. So somebody go back to uh, Luke 23 and, no sorry, welcome. Let's do 23 and start with verse 54. So you're doing the last couple little tiny short verses. Verse 54, and then we're going to just read on to verse 3. So somebody have that? 54 through verse 3. And that day with the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. And the woman also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulcher, and how his body was laid. And he returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Okay. Wow, what just happened? So we had just, we're just finishing up the story of the crucifixion, right? And Christ has died, and it was Friday night. Friday night. And it says he dies about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 3 o'clock. Now, when does Sabbath start on a Friday night? Sundown. 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 And so it's going to start, it's very kind of similar to where we are right now, right, in the calendar. And so it's going to, by 5 or 6 o'clock, it's going to be dark. So they don't have very much time if they're going to obey the Sabbath to get the body down and get it, um, it wrapped in this, this linen and then prepared with these ointments and then put into a, a sepulcher um, before the Sabbath starts. And so if you remember Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus uh, come to claim the body, who were those two guys? I just threw out like two big names with weird last names. Who was Joseph of Arimathea or, and or Nicodemus? Pharisees, yeah, Pharisees. Actually, not only Pharisees, they're part of the, 
like the Senate, right? The, uh, so they're, they're these religious, exactly right, Mike. Um, they are Pharisees, they are ruling leaders, but they are part of the ruling body that, um, that condemned Christ, right? They're, and so they're, they're these believers, they're these converts, these kind of like secret converts in the Sanhedrin, and they are converted, and they're like, hey, we're going to go give his body a, a uh, you know, Christian burial. Okay. Russ, uh, weren't they also both members of the council of the Sanhedrin? Yeah, the great council. So I think a good, there's a small Sanhedrin in most of the towns, um, and then this is the great Sanhedrin. So it's like Senate. They're like senators. They're the ruling body um, of the area. So they come, and they put Jesus' body. Joseph um, gives a new, a new sepulcher. And so there's no, they're telling us all these stories, all these tidbits, because it's like, hey, no bodies in there. Can't be confused with another body. Because, spoiler alert, he is risen. I, I hope that you that is not new news to you if you were paying attention earlier today. Because <laughs> it's big news. But, but he's, they're going to set this up so that you are confident as hearing the story that there couldn't be a confusion that it was another body. There was another body in there or something happened. So it's a new sepulcher, right? And it's kind of hewn out of a cave um, or rock. Sometimes they use natural ones. I brought this really fancy picture. Thank you, someone. And um, very small. Google it. And then you can use your phones during this class. Yeah, you can. Yeah, okay, because you're going to use them anyway. So just do it and just jump in. And then I won't feel bad when you're laughing and I hear Candy Crush or whatever. Um, <laughs> So, so, they, so they, they realize they don't have very much time, and they take the body, and they don't say it here, but they, they wrap it in, in linen, and they prepare it with some spices for the uh, decay, and then they put it in the sepulcher. That's Friday night. Okay, so then they worship on the Sabbath, which means no work, so that's Saturday, so they don't do anything all day Saturday. Can you imagine the, the agony and the distress and the worry, right? They're also hiding out. Why? So there's mostly Galileans at this point, right? They're mostly Galileans, and they are hiding out. Why are they hiding? Why are they hiding out? Why aren't they out, like, storming the town, like, ah, they killed Jesus? Why are they hiding? Who are they afraid of? The Romans. The Romans and? The Jews. They just killed their leader for sedition. They said he is a he's a rebel and a traitor, and we're gonna kill him. And you're like, I'm gonna hide Be, because they're gonna. What if they find me, Lori? I was thinking that's when Peter denied. Yeah, probably right. Peter denies. He said, "Were you with him?" I don't know what you're talking about. Aren't you a Galilean? I don't have an accent. What? Right? Because they had these funny accents in Galilee. So they're in Jerusalem and they're like, "What?" I'm sure it had to be fear. Yeah, fear. It seems very fearful. They. They describe how fearful they are, right? They're very fearful. So they're, they're kind of hunkered down, and they don't know what's going to happen. Not only has their leader been crucified and killed on a Roman torture rack that saved only for the most seditious and worst humiliating death, right? But now they're part of, they were the dream team. They're like, well, we all know who you are. So they're hiding out. So who goes, who did we just read? They have prepared some more of these ointments and things for burial, and they are going to go finish the job. Who, who was that that was doing that? Why, why the women? <coughs> they were 
right, Lawrence. They're very great. And they're like, sorry, men, but maybe something else as well. I think it was the men who had to be fearful. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's definitely that. The men are going to be the ones that are going to be targeted, right? That's the leaders, right? They're not as worried about the sedition women leaders. They should be, but they aren't. They aren't, right? Um, so they, they go down um, to prepare the body, and they get there, and, and then what, do they find? what do they see? It's very early. So you know they've been waiting for dawn, right? They're, they're, they're nervous. They're, they're sad. They, I can just imagine the fear, and so they've been waiting and waiting for dawn to break. Dawn breaks, and they rush down to the sepulcher, and the stone has been what? Rolled away. What must they have been thinking? Someone stole the body? This can't be right. Am I at the right place? This is just the story gets worse and worse, right? Like, just, uh, if I put myself in the story, it was, uh, this is already the worst story ever, right? You're like, Christ was just crucified. Who was, who was the, who were the witnesses at the crucifixion? Who was there? The women. The women were the ones that stayed there, right? Probably for the same reason. And one other. Do you remember who else was there? John. 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 So they were, they were there during the crucifixion, and now they've come back, and, and the tomb is open. That's what's going on. Um, so let's, let's keep going. Um, verse 4, 5, 6, 7. So will someone read? We're still in chapter 24 of Luke, and let's do 4 through 7. Please, Dave. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. One more verse. And they remembered his words. I love that. And they remembered his words. Okay, so somebody tell us what happened. There, I love the, the phrase in, in verse 4. And it came to pass, not that phrase, it came to pass that they were much perplexed. You know, so I can almost feel them like hustling down there. And they get there and they're like, what? What is going on? And as they were standing there, what happens? Two, two angels show up <laughs> and, uh, and start talking to them. And what is everyone's first reaction when they realize it's an angel? They're always afraid, right? There's always this freak out moment. They're like, I'm standing there, bah! And they're all, and, you know, so it's Mary. They're not, you know, it, it, yeah, they're always, it's always scary for some reason. Um, or it's surprising or something. And it says they were afraid. And what, did they, what was their response? They bow down to the earth. And then what does the angel, what does one of the angels say? Yeah, why are you, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's risen. Can you imagine what happier words there would have been? They're like, what? I'm still in the perplexed mode. This is overwhelming. And then he reminds them, you guys, when you were still in Galilee, he told you that the Son of Man would be crucified and rise again on the third day. And then what does it say? And they remembered his words. 
Why didn't they remember them before? Hit me again, Ashley. Maybe they didn't make, it didn't make sense at the time. It didn't make sense? I think, I think that, make, that sounds right to me, too. Didn't make sense? What else? I think there's a lot of pain at that time. So they're not really reflecting on what's happened in the past. Yeah, it, it's overwhelming, shocking, right? Um, let's do Karen and then Mary. I think human nature is not to really believe until things happen. Sometimes I'm prompted to do something, and it's not until after the fact of, oh, that was a prompting, and I was told that, and that's really what I was supposed to do. And I think it's the same with them. They were told, but they didn't believe it until the reality of it really was that he was there. Yeah. I, you know what? That strikes me a lot, Karen. Um, thank you. I think... That reminds me of me a lot, right? Does this remind you of you guys yourselves? We're like, man, I learned all these things, but until I really get in the moment, I didn't, I didn't remember that scripture. I didn't really know what I thought about this. I thought I believed in it. I thought I paid attention. But now that it's important to me, or now I'm in the fire, I'm like, oh, what do I think? Good, good, I like that. Karen. Oh, it had never happened before. It had never happened before. And, uh, It's surprising it hadn't happened before. Um, what did they think was going to happen? What did they think was happening with Jesus? Now he's gone and done. He's gone and done. Yeah. yeah. He's like, well, he died. So I he guess this Messiah thing's over because normally the Messiah is going to crush their enemies, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he just rode into town on a donkey. Just like David did uh, the second time he enters Jerusalem, and just like Solomon does when he enters Jerusalem, they enter on a donkey to take over the town and cast out the Canaanites, or in the case of the others, the Jebusites. But you remember those stories in first Kings. I don't even remind you. So they ride in, and they're like, he, he just rode in to take over and push their enemies out, their enemies being the Romans, right? Oh, he's going to come in and finally, hooray! Right? And we're, it's going to be dream team time. And then he's dead. And so these angels, remember he told you this was going to happen? I remember now. I remember now. I had this in my mind. I had a, a little different story. Right? Mary? I, we all know that um, they expected the Messiah to become a king. Yeah. Like the, a ruler. Like yeah. The, like the Romans were. Yeah. And one of the reasons he rode in on a donkey was to show humility. Yeah. Because the Romans rode horses. Yeah. They could have ridden a horse. Right, but marching in. But that was symbolic also. But the people, it was hard just to understand all the symbolism. It is hard. Do we ever have expectations of the Lord of how things are going to work out? Has your life gone perfectly so far just as you've planned? I mean, I had a a Franklin planner in a while, and I wrote it all out. By now, I, by now, I would probably have grandchildren, right? Retired early, right? Own private island, right? <laughs> yeah, I've got a few left on my list. You know, I don't have any of those things. I, um, it's not exactly. Life might not be exactly what we think, right? It might not be exactly how we thought it was going to work out, or maybe it's simple things. Maybe it's just how the Lord works in our lives. Right? I thought that he was going to do X, or I thought my life would be easier once I 
uh, was baptized. I thought my calling would be easier for me to do. I thought I would like people more. <laughs> Did that come out? <laughs> Russ? I was going to say part of this is due to the fact that they have what I call spiritual dyslexia. Yeah. They had the messianic hope mixed up. Yeah. Because the king or the great ruler that would come, who was Jesus, was supposed to come in wiping out all their enemies who yeah. they understood were the Romans, uh -huh. and so on and so forth, and then would be later offer himself a sacrifice. But this is where they became yeah. very confused and so forth. Part of the reason for that great stone being moved in front of the sepulcher was because some of the other elders and scribes had gone to Pilate and they okay. said, there's a prophecy that says, in effect, the guy is going to raise from the dead. You better put a clamp on it or a stone on it. Yeah, and, and they so put a seal. I mean, they, they put, put a, a they, they seal it. it. Yeah, they put a seal, which, you know, like a wax seal. You've seen those, you know? And so they seal it like no one, and guards. They put guards, right? Like, we're going to make sure this doesn't happen. You're exactly right. But I think you're a good point to make is it's, it was dyslexic. It was opposite, right? It flipped around, and they were like, ah, that doesn't make sense. Print. Yeah, so I like what Russ said, and I want to kind of build on that. I was from further confusion, um, kind of to some of the things we read in Isaiah and with the, even with the pioneers. Yeah, they were reading about all these this great stuff that would happen when Jesus came. And I was getting confused with his second coming, kind of like how we read in Isaiah, how he flips between those yeah. so easily. Yeah. And then also the pioneers, you know, they're coming to Utah, they keep thinking, oh, we made Zion, this is it. I know Jackson County, but it was the wrong time. Yeah. Um, they didn't realize that those prophecies were going to happen later. Right. Two great examples. Thank you, Frank. Two great, right? Isaiah flips timelines all the time. Is it the first coming or the second coming? Is it this? Which timeline? Then? And then the pioneers, right? We made it, but not yet. Well, not this one. You're going to do this again. Good news. It's going to suck. I mean, suffer like Jesus. Okay, let's go on. Let's go on for a second, okay? Um, okay, so they get there, and, and, and then when they see that evidence, I love that, it says, it's just a really short verse, and then they remember, right? We see a little bit of an evidence, and we, we see something, and it, it could be, you know, in sacrament, it could be at home, it could be in our personal study, and we go, oh, like, how come I have never seen that before, right? Yeah. Hey, you guy, welcome. Yeah, tell me your name. Brian, welcome, Brian. Everyone, welcome, Brian. Thanks, After they said that, I remember some words, I think that brought up a lot of hope. A lot of hope. Just like they said, I'm sure they didn't have plans to have Christ killed. I'm sure there was a lot of depression, sadness, there was a lot of fear, scared. But then once he rose again, there was so much hope there. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I, I think it'd be cool to witness that, but like not only that, we, don't, we have things that don't go the right way. Like a lot of times they go the wrong way, but knowing that Christ is there, provides a lot of hope and happiness in our life. Yeah, good, good, uh, wow, good application to us, right? They, they go from darkness to hope just like maybe we do. Okay, Brian, you can say more with that comment. Okay. <laughs> Rest of you, pick it up. 
Okay. All right. Let's um, let's keep going. Um, uh, let's do verses nine through eleven. They're short verses, so twenty-four. Uh, we're still in Luke twenty-four nine through eleven. Does anybody have that? Wasn't mine reading? Uh, Russ. Okay. Nine through eleven, and returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles, and their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Wow. Um, ladies, how often has this happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do want to give a little context, a little context here that, um, a little context. In the first century, women were not seen as, as you could not actually be a witness, a legal witness of anything, right? You were second-class citizens, uh, not as bad as slaves, but not as good as men, right? Makes sense. Now, we don't think that, so we read this and we go, oh yeah, yeah, the women came and they just didn't see it, so now the people who didn't see it didn't believe. But it's, it's not just that. If you were reading the story of Luke 100 years later, 50 years later, right, 30 years later when Luke wrote it, would you tell the story of your victorious leader being killed in the most humiliating and terrible way by the Romans? And then who finds out he's alive? Well, women. No, you would not tell that story. You would be like, that is, no one's going to believe that. No one's going to believe that you're leader was crucified, right? And you're certainly not going to believe a story in which the women were the witnesses. Why does Luke put this in here? Why are they the witnesses? Because it's the truth. Because it's the truth. That's exactly right. Because you're like, you would only tell this story if it was true. Because this is a terrible story. Right? You're like, wait, what happened? Yeah, he was a really cool guy. He was doing miracles. And then he died in the worst possible way, saved for criminals and really terrible people. And then guess who found him? The women. The women. It was good news. And they're like, what? I don't, I think we got to find a new Jesus, right? We need somebody that's like, you know, superstar instead of this story. But this story tells us something else, doesn't it? Well, I think that Peter believed because he was running. Well, then you see Peter goes, well, I don't, I'm the, I don't, I don't, right? like, you know, um, and I, I absolutely, Peter is maybe my favorite guy, right? Because what's his nickname? Peter. It's Rock, right? Rocky. And it's like, I love the story of Peter. It's like, Peter, you're a rock. And it's like, is he? He kind of is. He's going to be. But he's not quite there yet, right? Jesus is on the water. And what does Peter do? runs out to him, you know, like you would. There's Jesus, I'll just jump out of the boat. And then you go, I don't know about that, right? Jesus, you won't wash my feet. And he says, no, if I don't wash your feet, I, well then, wash all of me. I mean, he's like all in all the time. Yes, no, extreme. He's like, Mr. Extreme. And then he's like, I will, I am ready to go to kill or to death for you. Peter, before the day is the morning, 
You'll deny me three times. I guess I'm not that rock yet, right? Man, I feel it. I, I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready. And yet, I'm not quite ready. And so here he is. I can just imagine, afraid, not sure what's going on. And then women come back and they're like, good news. He's not there. And they're like, that doesn't, I don't, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to right? I can just see him. John, come with me. Right? <laughs> And uh, John's faster because he's younger, right? And so John, like you can see John, you know, he runs in. And John looks and is like, nothing's in there. And then it says Peter gets there. What's Peter, like 25? And uh, Peter, steps, Peter goes all the way in. And, and they just see the burial shroud there, right? And then what do they, do they believe? Let's, let's, uh, let's, um, let's, Yes. you put it in to such a great context. Why did women go? I mean, that was part of the plan. It wasn't by circumstance. Yeah. So what is the Lord telling us about women? Because even centuries later, yeah. this could easily happen. Not that they would go to the tomb, uh-huh. but that women could be part of something very significant and it could be looked at as an idle tale. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at this in, in, with new eyes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, because why? Why did Heavenly Father and, and, the, and the Savior have women go? Probably for this moment right now. Mm-hmm. And also, was it a woman? Women. Yeah, women. Yeah, the women. Yeah. I, I think it's, I know you have to answer that. You'll have to answer that. I <laughs> well, I think really, I think two reasons. The first is that the story is so incredible that it can only be true. And then second, I think it's a testimony to the believers that Jesus had disciples that were women and men, right? They they were always present in all these stories. It's a gospel for everyone. He's always talking to everyone. He includes everyone in the party, right? Tax collectors, rich guys, you can come. Sex workers, whatever, welcome, right? Poor guy with a limb, women, party, right? Everyone can come. Everyone can come. And I think he's trying to say that this event is for all mankind. This is for everyone. I think, too, it it also is a testimony of the role of women. Yeah, could be. Right, that they're... And the nurturers, they were, they were, they wanted to prepare his body properly. Right. They, they had that, they, you know, that caring, nurturing quality that we have. It was, this needs to be done correctly. Yeah. Whether it was the savior or a brother or yeah. a child, it was. Yeah, it could be, could be. They were also in a different role. The men, they were at much more risk, yeah. right? They're much more risk. So I think that Brian. I was going to say, I think another thing is someone who can handle things a lot better than men can. I think in that moment, I don't think men can handle that very well. Yeah. Like you said, a lot of them were afraid, fearful. They probably didn't want to be by Christ at that moment. They were like, okay, I'm going to hide. Whereas, like you said, women had a lot better yeah. than men do. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm just thinking, oh, I may be on track, but right now in the world, women, some women are second-class citizens in some areas of the world. This is the gospel is to go to all nations. Yeah. This verse 
Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Can I show you one other thing? You guys okay if I still talk? Okay. If you look at the Gospel of John, he very rarely uses t- names. So when the first, um, the first sign, the first miracle, right? It's, it's with his mother, and he calls her woman. And don't tell me the thing that it was like a term of respect. He just calls her woman. And then later, it's always the man with the withered hand, the son, the widow who died, the woman at the well in Samaria. The, they're always these generic terms. He never gives them names, okay? No names, hardly any names are used. So he says woman, the man, the widow, the person at the well, the person with the withered hand. Why does John tell those stories without names? Oh. I, I believe it's because he wants to focus on the story, not oh. people in the story. I like that. The, the, the focus, right? The focus on the meaning, Craig. They're also about us. I, yeah. 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 I think the focus stays on Christ and the meaning, and we see ourselves in the story. You're not trying to say, why is the mother of Jesus and Joanna? Who's Joanna again? And Cleopas, what a funny name. You know, that's how I do it. You might not do that. But when I read those names, it takes me out of the story, right? But if I see it was a person with leprosy, it was a mother, it was just a woman at the well, I'm like, I'm like at the well. I am at the cross. I am the women that run to the sepulcher. I am the, the, uh, the disciple that Jesus loved that runs to find out. It's not about my role as a woman or a man or a mother or a widow or whatever. It's my, I'm in the story. John is like, this is your story. Got it? Now you're going to go read John again and go, what, there are no names in this story. Yeah, try it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, Mike. So I've got a radical thought, I guess. But okay, hit us. Christ taught throughout his life that to be exalted we serve. And he went below death for us and served us. Yeah. So why is it that we consider women second class when they are the very ones that exemplify that the most? Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why they were there is because they exemplified his teachings more than any of the men could. Yeah, yeah. There, there are examples there for all of us, aren't there? It's part of the plan, too. Yeah, tear down, right? We're, we're strongest when we're together. We'll tear us apart. We'll, we'll misunderstand the role of caring and nurturing. Yeah, I think there's a lot there. Go back and also see the, um, Mary, his mother, in the book of John, is only at his first and at the foot of the cross. You see him at the beginning of his ministry, and the only other time you see her is at the end. Try reading the Gospels by themselves and, and not doing the harmony. Try reading them by themselves and see if you don't pick up uh, some interesting things. It has been life-changing for me to read them that way because uh, we have a lot of practice doing them the other way, which is awesome. Um, but we, we chop them up like this. But if you read the book by itself, the author's telling you a story and they want to give you clues in their story. 
um, and and you miss them if you if you jump back and forth a little. So if you read that, you might see that in John. Um, Luke uh, is going to parallel the exact story of Jesus in this story of Acts. Spoiler alert! Next week. Okay, let's um let's move on. Other thoughts? This is great stuff. Yeah. A lot of it boils down to the fact that the Savior had died a criminal's death, or what Elder McConkie calls an ignominious death. And he didn't deserve it, obviously, but he took it upon himself. He became the priest that offered himself up and the sacrifice. And he was also king. Yeah, Yeah, he's the prophet, priest, and king. Okay, good thoughts. Excellent. I was just going to say I agree with all those points about why it was women who were the first ones there. I yes. also wonder if, and then you say he never uses names, but he identified these women, meaning, okay, was it Zeus and Carl who got there and rolled the stone out of the way? Yeah. But he specifically mentioned these women, so people would say, well, they couldn't have removed the stone. And they yeah. couldn't have taken out both Roman soldiers, so that could have been another oh. justification to the. You know, Kevin, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that, but that is a really good idea. Yeah. The women couldn't have taken out the soldiers, and they couldn't have rolled yeah. the stone. And he named them specifically. Here. And they're like they elder, yeah, those elderly those women. Arts, they yeah, yeah, but they make a great pie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever had Joanna's pies? All right. All right. Let's let's move on for a second. Um, it, we talked about Peter, and then I want to. Um, you guys have heard this story on the road to Emmaus. Um, I'm going to s- summarize it a little bit, and then we'll read parts. Um, uh, Emmaus is only about seven miles uh, to the west of Jerusalem, and um, so a good long walk. And and so a number of disciples are leaving this where they've been hiding out, and and they're walking uh, home. Right, it's been Passover, so they all have to come to the feast. It's a feast that you're required to come into Jerusalem to worship. And they're close enough that they can. And so they've been there, and now they're going probably home. It doesn't say why, but they're probably going home. And they're walking, and they're talking about all these events, as you would, right? You're like, this is crazy. Um, there's this event, and, and this is what's been going on. And then it says that, um, that Jesus drew near, but their eyes were holding, were, were hidden, right? They, they didn't recognize him. They didn't see him. And he's like, hey, what are you guys talking about? Now, remember, these, these roads are probably well-traveled, right? It's like a hiking trail, and here comes a hiker, and you're like, hey, for safety, let's hike together. And so they're like, well, hey, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, well, um, you know, the events. Uh, Cleopas was like, are you kidding me? Are you the only guy in Jerusalem that doesn't know what's been going on the last three days? No, no what's been going on? And he says, well, um, they said, you, you don't know about this uh, Jesus of Nazareth? He was a prophet, mighty in word and deed before God and all the people. And then the chief priests and our, our rulers, he doesn't say the Romans, right? He says, we, we delivered him up for death and he was crucified. And we trusted that it had been he that would have redeemed Israel. And beside all this to this third day, um, there, these, it's just three days ago, that this was all done. And, and then some of the women are saying that, that he's gone. He, and they're like, um, they went to the sepulcher and he, he's gone. So they're recounting in just a couple of verses the whole story. 
right? We thought he was going to be a mighty king. And notice that in, remember Luke's story, you're going to get the story of Zacharias. And in Zacharias, is it two or three? Luke two? Two or three, when he is no longer mute and deaf, he has this song and he says these exact words that he says, there will be a redeemer and he will redeem his people, Israel. And so they're like, we thought he was going to be the redeemer who's going to redeem Israel um, from their enemies. And then he, our leaders had him killed and then the women are saying he's risen. Are you seriously the only guy that does another story? And then what happens? Quick question. Yeah. So um, I'm old, forgive me. But uh, with regards to Christ and his prophesying, he obviously prophesied that he would rise on the third day, but did he ever tell them what would happen after that? Uh, well, we do know on the Mount of Transfiguration they talk about what's going to happen. And then we know, um, I also think the word yes and no. There's definitely some. I can think of a few examples. But prophecy doesn't mean you're always telling the future, right? Well, it means you're is, talking about the covenant. Did these two understand what would be happening oh. afterwards? So as they're, I mean. Yeah, it doesn't I, seem like it, right? They're all, you guys, who, who, don't you feel sometimes in the story like you're a little superior? Like, I totally would have gotten it, right? Those guys are so dumb. I mean, I love Isaiah. My password is work is I love Isaiah 42. <laughs> it is actually my password at work. Um, so, you know, I know the scriptures. I know what's going to happen. And then I'm like, oh, it's nothing like I thought. Who am I in the story? I'm the guy in, in going to Emmaus. Well, that's not what I thought was going to happen. That's so weird. I'm so uncomfortable by all this. What do you guys think? Right? I'm not the, <laughs> wait until they find, I'm like, I'm the dumb one. I think it was common knowledge that they understood that he would be resurrected, he would be risen. I mean, the Romans even thought that. That's why they put guards there. Because yeah. they did not want the Jews coming and stealing the body to claim that he had been risen. Right, right. But, but they still don't seem to, I mean, you're like, well, I academically know that. <laughs> but that's like, you know, in the future, well, visions, who knows? Resurrection. What? Well, what? I think it's the resurrection. Oh, they just it's just what's on. going on after oh. the resurrection. Oh, okay. Because they say, well, yeah, the women said that there were angels there. Yeah. And they understood the resurrection. Yeah. And they hoped for the resurrection. However, what comes after? And these they guys are walking. They're giving yeah. the events. But you don't know what's going to go on. They don't seem like it. They don't seem like it. Right? They don't see, they don't, the feeling I get in the story of Luke is that this is not what anybody expected. Jesus was teaching them and their eyes were hidden. I didn't quite get it. I thought something else. And here I am walking and talking with Jesus going, I don't know. Do you not know what's going? Oh, hey. Right? Right? Hit me. I, I think it's a disbelief. I mean, it's not like risen and then you saw him it's risen he's risen and he's gone so where is he and it's just like what's happening it's right like this huge disbelief and fear yeah I think oh interesting i like that and it reminds me that mainly talking about the triumphal entry like we thought we we're all going to come marching in together right and now i'm walking home like i don't i this is not what i thought now what does jesus do 
he chides him and he says, you guys. Okay, I'm translating, right? He says, um, oh, fools. Man, that's going to make you feel good. You're like, you can hike on your own. Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe. This is the same thing that was in the scriptures from Moses. But all the way back to Moses, the, the prophets, and Psalm, this is what everything taught about. And then he does this little Bible study, right? And they're like, you're right. You're right. They get to Emmaus, and, and I, I love this part. Come, come, you know, stranger guy, come. This has just been awesome. I'm so, my heart's burning. This is just amazing. I'm feeling so good about all this. Come and eat with us. He's like, no, I got to keep going. What? I got to see a guy about a horse. I don't know what that was about. But he's like, I got to keep going. No, 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 stay, right? You have to invite him back. Stay, stay. And they have a meal. And what happens at the meal? He takes the bread and blesses it and breaks it. You mean like four days ago, the Last Supper, with those exact same words? And then what happens? Then they see him. And then he's gone. Oh, Lord, don't you think it's like that in our lives now? Mm -hmm. You know, we get taught something and we have that, that witness that that is true. But unless we keep feeding that witness, it dissipates. Lori, I think that's ex- this, is, this story is so powerful for me you know? because I'm that disciple. Yeah. I'm the one that's walking along the path going, I totally thought that this was going to go differently. I didn't understand this principle of the gospel. My life is hard right now. Or I don't get this part, right? Or I'm not being very faithful, or I, I still, you know, drink rock stars and swear, whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, those aren't real examples. They're totally real examples. But as I walk along in my path with Christ, he goes back and says, I will show you. Remember. I remember these things, and you go, oh, oh. And then when you invite him, and what event do they in, does he do for them? The sacrament. And then they see. And that's why we have to do it every week. And then they say, didn't our hearts burn within us while we walked with him? How did we miss that? They say they turned around and hiked all the way back to Jerusalem. You guys, it's true. He's risen. We've seen him. Brothers and sisters, we're out of time. We're out of time. But it is my testimony that he is risen. And it's my testimony that we do can invite him into our lives. And he will lift the blindness from our eyes. And he will be there with us. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll t- uh, okay, my paper. Um, I wrote a paper about how, how it isn't just grace. It, everything in and in, in, uh, the Pauline epistles is grace, grace, grace. The atonement saves us, and we don't do anything. And um, and yet Hebrews tells us that we there's a lot we have to do. And it says really, and Elder Renlund says it best: we don't earn salvation. We don't earn salvation. We do have to qualify for it. Uh, just like um, Doug's talk, right? We have to have the little um, match. We have to do our part. And and um, so I wrote about how we have to qualify. 
that to to gain those blessings. We don't earn our salvation, but we do. He does require us to do something. If you love me, keep my commands. And uh, I got 100%. And <laughs> the professor wrote back and said, Lori, I just love your writing, and you said it so well. <laughs> I don't think he looked at the footnote, so who I quoted. But <laughs> oh, as President Russell, I'm not, as Elder Remlin says. <laughs> I quoted really highly, yeah. Um, so, so um, you know, the Lord speaks to all of us. Um, the Lord speaks to all of us. Any other thoughts? I really did think I was going to be in trouble on there and kick me out of Jesus school, but so far so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, it just the thought came that it just goes back to what we talked about, I think, in our first come following lesson, is just that the Lord will fulfill his promises in his timeline. He will fulfill his promises in his own way and in his own timeline. Great, great message. All right, uh, is there a, close, a volunteer for closing prayer? Bart, please. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be here today. We remember the sacrifice of thy son and all that it means to us on this wonderful Easter. We're thankful for the message and lesson that was prepared by Lori. We're thankful for her delivery and the spirit that's been here with us today, not only in this meeting, but in our sacrament meeting as well. We would ask you to bless those members of our board who are needed thy spirit right now and comfort and healing spirit they'll be able to receive that blessing from thee. We also ask thee to bless us to be able to enjoy the rest of this day and remember what this day signifies and represents. And we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.